Oh, yeah. What up? Dang, that worked nicely. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How's it going? Doing good. We're getting some tea storms here in Southern California. Oh, it's the best. Tea storms in SoCal are my favorite because they don't happen, what, once a year, twice a year? Yeah, it's rare. I was just driving uh, by, like, the underpass, and there was a guy walking on it, so people are already going crazy, so it's great. <laughs> like, my, what, my daughter, uh, why is that guy walking there? I'm like, I don't ask questions. Let's go home. Yeah, don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're, uh... You by Riverside, right? You by the by the hood? Yeah, I'm in Riverside. Mm-hmm. Yep. Take a sip of water. Um, I know they start recording right away, and I probably won't clean up the first minute anyway, so I keep everything in here. So, <laughs> cool. Yeah, um, you got to get out here. We got to uh, get out to LA. Maybe we'll do a couple nights or something like that. Dude, we got to. We got to relive the legendary. It's not the same, but I do want to talk about that night. I was just talking to a friend of mine, and for those of people that don't know, you don't recognize your voice, uh, Keanu Trades, joining us here. Um, What's up, everybody? I am comedy fan slash options day trader, stock options day trader, um, and well before the internet, I guess. No, not the internet, but before <laughs> Discord. I mean... I will say before let's let's say before the internet ruined everyone's life. Yeah, like it was, well, it was around that time. Well, I used to add people on Facebook just to know where the comedy shows were at. That's that's what most comics still do. It's how they start many careers. Many careers are started that way. I love how Chris D'Elia told somebody on his recent podcast. It's called Lifeline. It's really funny. Matt D'Elia is so funny, dude. Um, this guy said. <laughs> how should I start my, not how should I start my career? He said, what do you wish you knew? And he was like, you're going to want to put your stuff online. Of course. And you're going to be proud of it. And you know, I'm proud of trades. I'm like, I can't wait to post it. He's like, don't, he's like, you are terrible. Every new comic is terrible. So just, just wait. And I was like, I thought that was really good advice. It's great advice. I would say just assume you suck for the better part of a decade and don't like beat yourself up, but like, just, you shouldn't be trying to – I think I think it kind of what he's trying to say, too, is, like, don't don't run before you can walk. Like, a lot of people start doing comedy, and they immediately start, like, let me get my website done. What's my logo? What's my oh brand? My it's, like, it's yeah. like, get your get your jokes done first. Like, get a, get a tight 5. Get a tight 10. Get a tight 15. And then maybe, right. maybe think of uh, getting on Instagram. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, like – you know, it's like, you don't, you don't have to like, I don't know. I just, they, they, they're thinking a little too backwards where it's like, they're thinking about merch instead of like jokes. And like, I'm not saying like, yeah. you know, you want to make money obviously, but at the same time, it's like, can <laughs> be a little, a little, a little smarter about your approach, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and also a lot of my... A lot of my when the openers have merch, you know the, the the MC has merch. You're like, okay. Honestly, and it's like my my two cents on that. If you're a feature or an MC, it's like yeah, I know you might make a couple more bucks, 
selling merch, but honestly, you're better off not making that like potential twenty extra dollars a night to just not do that and to not look like an idiot and to not look like you're just like cheap. And also most headliners don't dig on it. Like I hate to say it, but like a lot of comics like won't a lot of headliners don't like when you sell their merch or when you sell merch because they're trying to sell their own. And so Yeah. I would um, never do that. And, and exactly. some people be like, oh people be like, oh well they're making all this money. They don't need to make it's like, hey man, it doesn't matter. They're their fan it's their fans. And so yeah, their fans so, and their show, you know, they get to sell shit. If if someone, if I'm friends with someone, and they're like, dude, Ontario, I'm like, all right, Riverside's my stopping ground, and you know, can you can you uh, MC for me? How much does that pay? Wait, I mean, to MC like Ontario, like the improv? Yeah, improv. It's gonna be Thursday through Sunday night, you know. The big guys get Thursday through Sunday. The other ones do Friday, Saturday, right. Sunday. And then they, the whole... they sell out, they add a Thursday. I've always wondered how much these guys get. I know the Comedy Store was 15 bucks forever. Right, right. And that's still pretty... So Comedy Store is like... I mean, it's a dollar a minute. It, yeah, it's still like in that range. Like, it's like a few bucks. And then, like, you know, weekends would be like in the main room. Like, the headlight, the comic split half the door. So then you can make a little few more bucks doing that. They've, I'm sure they've changed the rules on how they break it down all now, but it's still not good. The improv, I remember getting my checks. They were like 20 bucks a set last I checked. If you were in the lab, it was like 10 or 15 bucks, something like that. And then, you know, obviously you get free drinks. That's a part of it, but like not real money, you know, nothing that you could yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, pay any. It's not even, it's not even money you could count towards anything. I mean, you can't even count it towards like, you know, people like, oh, you can pay your, no, you can't. It can pay for like your tip for the valet that night. Like, what are you talking about? It's not doing anything. Right. And so it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah it, it's more about just working on being in that spot because like the store is still like that. Um, so I think, it, yeah, it, it, but it's like, dude, the feature at an improv, you might you might get like a hundred bucks a show as a feature. So a host might get like fifty a show. That may have went up in recent years, but that's kind of what it always was where like the host might get like fifty bucks a show the feature getting a hundred. So if you're there for a weekend, the feature might get like five to 600 between four and 600, depending on the breakdown of the weekend. Um, and then oftentimes that would just include the hotel that wouldn't include flight. So if you're flying as a feature, a lot of times you're like, you're just paying to do it. And then when these guys fly in their feature or, or, or their openers, I'm like thinking, what the heck? So real like comics that start making real money, like like big money, you know, like five figures a night and then more, you know, six figures a night, you know, then they're flying out their their own features and they're paying them out of their own pocket. They're not the host, right, the right. club's not paying them that. Like, well, plus they know, don't have to travel with a bodyguard and whatnot, and a posse, you know what I mean? And then shit goes down, whatever. They have like essentially a personal assistant for the for the uh, trip, you know, I'm not talking big dudes like Russell Peters. I'm talking like these headliners. They're, they're new headliners. Like yeah. they don't have a team, you know? So no, they're, they're we, teams like they're host and feature usually. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Or like their podcast producer. So like, like Chris's team, for example, would be like, like Marte's Michael Linochi, you know, like you, or Jason right. Collins is in that group too. Like Jason's always with them. Um, yeah, which is funny. I would always see them, dude. That I, I would always see them at the coffee bean on Sunset, 
<laughs> yeah. I don't know if this is true anymore, but back in the day, I mean, even just a few years ago, if you wanted to see Chris D'Elia, dude, just go hang out at Coffee Bean anytime before between like 5 and 7 p.m. Um, you'll certainly see him because he goes there before all the sets of the comedy store. He used to. Well, yeah. And when so the time period we're talking about of 2000, what, 11, 12, 13, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Chris used to hang out at the comedy store. Um, I'd see, you know, just so many comics, but I never wanted to like, Hey bro. You know, I just never did. And I thought, Hey, if we get in a conversation, great. I'm not going to like, uh, I'll <laughs> watch them and stuff. I'm just not like, I, like I told Steve Byrne, like, Hey, you remember, you know, you said something online. Uh, that was me. He's like, Oh, cool. That was it. You know, I was like, all right, well, good to see you. Whatever, you know? Um, yeah. And then he like came to, he went to Santa Ana. I don't know if you know that Santa Ana theater, a lot of comics have used to film. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Steve Byrne went there and um, he gave me like, you know, front row, like um, free tickets. And I think he charged people for that special, you know, he had a couple specials there, but it was really cool. I wish I would have yeah. known when Sebastian was there because Sebastian did a show there that I missed, but those live tapings are usually free or very cheap because it's there. Um, it's their people, you know, it's Steve Byrne fanatics. It was like, yep. We were laughing at everything. I mean, he, I loved him. He's so funny, but, um, and then he had Mike Young open for him. I love Mike Young. Dude, Mike Young's from Michigan too. Detroit boy. Dude, he's so good. Um, and Mike Young opened for Bob Saget for a long time. Him and Bob were real close. Dude, Mike Young is so funny, dude. He was in, uh, that time period we're talking about too, 2012, 13. Yeah, and dude, I I'm, met him through uh, Russell. I met him through Russell Peters back in the day. Yeah, he was so he was, funny. He was one of Russell's yeah. homies too. He would pop up at the improv, like he was he was a real funny dude. Um, He's great. He just filmed some movie. I know a bunch of comics were in. Um, it was some movie he just filmed in Detroit. Uh, and I just saw Steve Byrne shoot. When I was in New York, I saw Steve Byrne at Gotham. He, he dropped in. I, don't think he, I think he lives. I forget where he lives now. Not in uh, LA or New York. I forget. It was uh, Chicago years ago, the last time I yeah, saw him. Yeah, I remember it was Chicago. I, it might still be. I don't think. I don't know. Um, but he's such a nice guy. And I saw him at Gotham. And, like, he's, like it's funny. Like, I don't think he, he doesn't remember my name. I don't think. But he definitely was like, "Oh, hey, good, nice to see you." Like he recognized my he recognized my face. Like you'd seen my face. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I know this person," but didn't know who I was. But he was like, yeah, nice he, like he, "Hey, he what's up? Good more, to see you." He was at the store in Improv during those years all the time. This is like years ago. He, like I said, he would be there. Um, he would always be checking in the Improv too. Business. Yeah, he was at the Improv all the time because I'm coming from Riverside, so I'd be like, "All right, Steve Burns there tonight." Then I would go to. Laugh Factory, um, the store, and it was just really cool. And then I mentioned the other little pop-up comedy places, like uh, Nicole Amy Schreiber would be at South. Dude, again, another Detroit comic, another Michigan girl. Yeah, she would she would be serving, and then she would hop on stage and then just keep serving. Yeah, man, she's a hustler, and she's like, I'm glad yeah. to see her like kind of get some traction more and more because man yeah. she hustled and i remember when she was struggling she she wrote to me a couple several times actually like almost quitting like back i mean right before the covid you know and like and it was like yeah. it, you know 
comedy is such a boys club, of course, just, there's nothing I can do about that. But she was definitely funny. A lot of these girls get up and they, um, you know, just talk about their pussy. And I'm just like, all right. I mean, granted, dudes talk about their dicks. But I always said. Uh, that's, by the way, that's the argument. And uh, no, they don't. A lot, a lot of bad ones do. But when you look at like yeah. headliners, yeah. like, yo, a lot of good headliners are not doing that. So uh, fuck that yeah. argument. Well, uh, so uh, I, I love uh, the show Louie, and I thought it was really right. clever. Um, Louis C.K., like, my mother-in-law was like, he's funny. I'm going to do his um, – I'm going to watch his stand-up. And he's pretty vulgar, oh, you know. No. He was, of course. And uh, she's like, oh, he's vulgar. Forget it. And I thought to myself, if, okay, those are the least funny parts. And if you cut right. all those out, he's pretty funny. Right, right. You know, um, yeah, it's it's anyway. it's it is kind of crazy, and like that's the thing. Like I, I do say, like there are don't get around. There's plenty of guys that talk about their dicks, but it's like, yo, man, the amount of women that, and there's don't get me wrong, there's plenty of great female comics. Uh, like, um, I mean, my audience is like eighty five percent men, so I can be as mean as I want to here. Let's be honest, but <laughs> like. <laughs> But there are there are a handful of great Adrian Lapucci out of New York, Nicole Emery Schreiber, um, Melissa yeah. Villasenor, Tig Notaro. Yeah. Tig Notaro is basically a dude, but whatever. Was there um, the night of, I sent you, I I did a blog post. Melissa Villasenor was at the Laugh Factory that night. Um, well, you were at the Josh Homme, uh, Skylar Stone yeah, that's show. That's what I want to talk about. Yeah, so, we realized today today that we were that same. We were both at the same show at the Hollywood Improv in 2011, right? It was, um, yeah. or 12. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was Comedy Rocks, yeah. which is Skylar Skylar Stone's like famous show that he he did it. He he started it at the Improv, um, and those yeah. were like one of the hottest nights at the Improv. And then he took it to like the Comedy Store. He did it at the Factory for a while. Now he does it like jamming yeah. the van. He kind of bounces around, but like that was where it started and where it got like huge. And I remember that Josh Homie one. I don't think. I was on that show, but I think I was on the one right after it or before. I was on like yeah, a ha- I was on a handful of those, and um, dude, that's that show was how I kind of got past at the improv, was because like oh. I would I would have really good sets on those shows because there were these like baller shows that we were so excited about, and they would see these all these famous people, and then I'd come up to this like no name comic but do like a really good like eight to ten minutes and just get out, and it would right. be like one of those shows where I knew I wouldn't like try a lot of stuff. Cause I'm like, look, this is like a heavy hitter show. Just go up there and like just crush and get out. And yeah. so I would just, and it was also great because back then I was doing a lot of like, and still am, but like, I was doing a lot of like open mics and just like shows were like in front of the same people or in front of comics. So I was in front of like a hot Hollywood improv crowd. It was like fish in a barrel, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. those really helped. But I remember those dude, those nights were like fire. Those were, Tuesday and Wednesday nights were like baller. And I remember I had a Tuesday night once a month for a year and a half. That's where I think you came to a handful of those. And so that was crazy. But this was before or in that same time, around that same time. Yeah, it was around that same time. So I had my show around 2012. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I definitely love those shows. Um, I know Skyler's a salesman. And so when he's like, it's selling. I would be like, I don't, I don't like going to sellout shows. Um, I love that Skylar's like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have this marriage of music with comedy. That was like, 
such a genius, like, awesome. I loved it. Um, but yep. I don't like going to sell-out shows the same reason I'll do my shopping at, you know, 8 a.m., 7 a.m. Just, like, I just I just don't like <clears throat> sell-out shit, you know? So I like to find, like, the shows that are, like, like um, Owen Benjamin, when he was still sane, uh, he did an Irvine show, and I was on his Facebook, you know, I was on Owen Benjamin's before he linked up with Steve Byrne. Um, you know, I was on all these mailing lists and stuff, and my goal was, like, never pay for tickets. Of course I did, like, all the time. But, um, yeah. so, Jimmy Fallon, they were like, we're going to have an SNL guest. And then, somehow I found out it was it was Jimmy Fallon. And it could have been one of these feature players that, whatever. It was Jimmy freaking Fallon, and this is around that time period, you know, 2012, or I don't even know. And, uh, yeah. that was just really cool. Not sold out, Irvine. You know, we saw Jimmy Fallon at the Irvine Improv. Psh, we were like, and my brother-in-law was in a wheelchair, so a lot of times we'll get like really, you know, good seats and stuff. Um, it was really cool to see. But yeah, so yeah, I like awesome. it. That was that, like, I, dude, and back then, like, it doesn't happen as much. You can still get free tickets certain shows here and there, but like, in yeah. the like 2010 to 2014, it was like if you were a comedy nerd fan, like. Free, feeding frenzy in Southern California of like talent and like free shows. Like it was like shocking yeah. sometimes. Like, I remember yeah, doing yeah. certain shows at the improv of the comedy store and being like, it's criminal how few people there are here for like how baller this lineup is. Yeah. That Dude. changed with like the help of Netflix and like people being like, Oh, comedy is good. Like, yeah, dude. Um, yeah. True. Like, and once like, you know, like I said, Owen Benjamin would see, we would say hi and, um, things like that, him, you know, Steve Byrne a little bit, but he was already really popular by then. But Sebastian would go to the um, Ice House in Pasadena and whatnot. And so once you start seeing these guys all the time and commenting on their Facebook, it's like um, basically the more you kiss their ass, the more you would get kind of uh, tickets because they, they would, they probably put the show on sale with obviously zero tickets sold. And then they're like, the first 20 are free or something like that. Right. Or it, um, it's a two item minimum fine. And so we got in just having to pay the minimum and then it maybe would still sell out or almost sell out. But when they put shows out at first, they're still nervous if it's even going to sell. Cause they don't know, they don't know what's exactly. going to sell out. Yep. So we would get in early and get these free shows and stuff. And um, it was really cool. Remember we were talking about uh, the comedy store. We would get when Alpha was still there. Um, oh yeah. Shows. Yeah. We would, we would go to those. Um, I would see Louie there and uh, yep. uh, Kyle Seas and all those, you know, the same era we're talking about. Chris D'Elia, yep. um, uh, uh, Bill Dawes. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah. He's back in New York now, I think. <laughs> Is he? Dude, he was mm-hmm. funny. He was. There was a lot of great ones. Like, man, I'm trying to think of, like. That was post uh, X Factor, uh, Melissa Villas in your as well. Yeah, I remember, like. Her name on the wall at the store, like during. Oh that man, time. I remember. I've known Melissa since like we. She was in my like class, if you will. Like it was like, yeah, yeah, at the yeah. Comedy store was always like these like different like generations, almost like high school classes. I mean, you look at like my class, like it was yeah. like Melissa Villasenor, Gerard Carmichael, Adam Ray, Tony Hinchcliffe, yeah. um, Ian, Edwards. Ian, yep, Fahim Anwar, Ian Brent Morin, Rick Glassman, uh, Tony Hinchcliffe. Yeah, Hinchcliffe was a door guy when I first started going to the comedy store and he, um 
confidence on stage is crazy. Like that it's, dry, like not a care in the world. Man, I do not have that. I mean, he. It's funny because Tony Hinchcliffe is a douchebag and a dickhead, and kind of always was. But at least now he has a reason to be. What's funny I get is the he, impression that he's rich as shit from writing, like on roast and everything. Because I mean, he's, he's like, hey, I'm like, this guy doesn't care how. Not doesn't care, but he has that Jesselnik like I'm gonna crush. Well, and he's got some like. He has some powerful friends in his back pocket. I mean, Joe Rogan's his, like, BFF. And so it's, like... And then, like, he's got the whole Death Squad network. Well, that doesn't really exist anymore. But, like, <laughs> he, had the, he had the whole, like, Death Squad crew. Right like, he was... Yeah, like, he was, like, if you were a part of that crew, it's, like, you always had this, like, legion of followers on, like, social yeah. on, like, on the internet. And so it's, like... And, like, Kill Tony's huge now. He's big on his own right. And, like, like, Jeremiah Watkins I started with. And, like, I love Jeremiah, but, like... Mm-hmm. I mean, he was never the funniest dude. Still isn't. <laughs> it's like, it means me to say that, but it's like, he's not listening well, to this podcast. Gerard, he's got shit going I, on. I didn't think he was, he didn't was a my cup of tea. Nicest dude ever. He was always at the store hanging out. But yeah, like, you that's know. the thing. It's like, comedy's all, it's all, it's all subjective and it's you know, objective, yeah. I mean. And then it's all just like, you know, like I, like I, I, I took a dig on Jeremiah, but at the same time, like, the guy always shows up. The guy works. He's uh, he's the nicest dude on the planet. Like, yeah, everyone loves him. He would always be at the comedy store. He's always putting in the work. So it's like you can't deny the work ethic. So it's like exactly. that's like people will talk shit about Dean Del Rey all the time, and uh, it's just coming from pure jealousy. They're just mad at how much he accomplished in such a short time because stuck with it, dude. Every night and, and like and was he annoying to bookers? Yes, I was. I was. I had a hot room that he would annoy the fuck out of me to get on. And he will tell people the he would strip. He'd be like, "Yeah, I know, I know, I annoyed people. I know I made them upset." But look where I am you now. Know, I I got so many tickets from following Jay Davis. Dude, exa- Jay was like, Jay's entire career is built on giving people free tickets. Yeah, <laughs> like, like I would either get free tickets or discount, you know, and um, always early, you know. He just he always had just. Jay Cook and these heavy hitters on. Um, yeah. And, dude, he got, and, and when these SNL dudes would be out there from the East Coast, he would get them. And you're just like, holy shit, I get to see, you know, yep. whoever it be. Um, Even before I moved big, to L.A., he was like, before I moved to L.A., he had the legendary, he had the famous, like, Dublin's comedy night. And then that went down, and then he would do it at the Laugh Factory. And, like, dude, one of my favorite things, my some of my best memories – not just in comedy, but in my life, the first like two and a half years they filmed Tosh.0, every Tuesday night when they filmed, we would go watch the taping. Me, <clears throat> my buddy, David Liu, comedian uh, from NorCal, and then Trayvon Free. Trayvon's now a big, you know, yeah, Emmy, Emmy winning writer, Academy Award winning director. <laughs> so, I, follow, I followed him early on. I think on, was it Twitter? Probably, Facebook. yeah. Facebook. He was Facebook, yeah. He was, yeah, because me and Trevon have been homies for, stuff. you know, fuck, since 2009. So, what, 13 years? And so, like, yeah. and at the time, it was like, dude, back then it would be like me, Trayvon, and David just, like, crashing in a one-bedroom in Inglewood, just getting fast food every night and going to comedy shows. And so, like, Tuesday, yeah. our routine was we'd go to the Tosh.0 taping because 
Trayvon was friends with John Elric, who was the editor of the show, and kind of friends with Trey, with uh, Tosh as well, with Daniel. And so we would go hang out at the show. We'd kick it backstage with the crew and, like, the writers and the comics with Daniel and everybody. We'd be sitting there just eating pizza. And, like, every, after every taping, they just bring in pizza and beer. So you're just hanging out with, like, Todd Glass would always be there, too, because Todd Glass and Daniel Tosh yeah, are good friends. Him. So funny. Dude, he's in Todd Glass. Todd Glass is like the only comedian who's like just as funny off stage as he is on, if not funnier. (laughs) It's crazy how funny he is all the time. I've always loved Sarah Silverman, and and anytime she did shows, Todd Glass would be on him. So I would. Oh, yeah. Dude, Sarah Silverman's a great comic and also respects and knows good comedy. Like, she dated Kyle Dunnigan years ago. I remember. You know, Kyle Dunnigan has blown up on, on social media now with his Instagram stuff. And, like, Kyle Dunnigan's brilliant. Oh. Dude, I remember seeing him for years. I remember seeing him at the comedy store, being in the back. And I was standing in Kyle. And I was like, he's so f- – I love this guy. He's so funny. Because I'd seen him on Reno and his, some of his characters. And she was like, oh, that's so cool. She's like, you should tell him that. He'd love to hear that. Because I don't think he was getting a lot of the attention he deserved back then. But, like, she, he was dating Sarah Silverman. So he was doing yeah. okay. But um, He's funny, though. So great, and like, yeah, man, it's like that whole era of like, dude, 2009 or 10 to like 15, dude, just like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's like, it, it almost makes you like the comedy store, people don't even like, there's comics that go to the store now and don't even like understand how desolate it was when like Hinchcliffe was a door guy and Adam Ray was a door guy, like back in those days. It's yeah. like, yeah. dude, I remember performing for three people in that room, in the OR. I would... I would always look at the House of Blues schedule, go to shows, walk across the street to the comedy store all the time. Oh, nice. Yeah, because the store stays open later than fucking a lot of those shows, yeah. Exactly. And that shut down at some point, but um, just it was such a dope venue. I don't know why it shut down, honestly, but they had like a, what is it, what is it called? Foundation room? But they had this downstairs lounge. It was just so sweet. And you'd, sometimes you'd see comics in there if, they, if there was a good show, you know, they would... I, I think I went to that bar once, but I never actually went. Maybe one time I went in the House of Blues. I never. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I never. Yeah. Kind of looks never like uh, Steven Tyler decorated it or something. It's like. <laughs> I mean, I think Steven. Tyler, it looks like most of that part of Sunset was decorated by Steven Tyler. It's like that. That whole like part of the strips was like. <laughs> it was like why that part is legendary. It's because of him and like all of his homies. <laughs> like. Yeah, um, dude. That was like. We used to just walk cross street back and forth though back in the day. I mean, that was fun. Yeah, that was the. Like, uh... I never, I never watched those comedians, but you know, whoever would be chilling in the back, like talking by the cars and whatever. So that was for to to be, you know, the age I was, which is what my late twenties at the time, seeing these comics just like shooting the shit. I was like, it was. Dude, it's crazy. Yeah, and now like. You'll still see him shooting the shit, but not as much anymore. Like, back now, now it's like, you know, like, the improv has a bar upstairs now for comics. And the comedy store has a, a comics bar now. So you don't see him, like, mingling as much now with the crowd. I mean, they definitely still do, especially when they're trying to just, like, hook up. But, like, you don't see him as much just hanging out yeah. because they'll just go to the back room. And a lot of, like, just, like, a lot of, like, like Dean Del Rey does a bit about a lot of these rock stars, like, getting, like, sober and all this stuff. He's, like, they don't party as much as they used to. Like, same with comics. Like, they don't, like, a lot of comics just go in, like, do their set and go home and go to bed. Yeah. I was upset when they uh, opened up that comedy store, comics-only bar back there, because I was, like, dude, we're never going to see them anymore. I kind of stopped going around that those years anyway, 
Oh yeah, it got real douchey. It got real. It got real annoying. Like, it was even annoying. Like, it just got real annoying. When I went there recently, though, it was great because I just felt like, I felt like the store like kind of welcomed me in again, and like the door staff wasn't heckling me. They were kind of like, oh, like, I think they just saw me walk in with like, I just kind of walked in with that like that comedy store regular swagger where you're like, hey man, I've been here plenty. I I belong in this hallway. Like, leave me alone. And so like. Um, the back of the original room where everybody, the comics usually go. Yeah. And they're just like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. I just walked <laughs> in. I was like, I'm just going in. And they're like, what are you doing? I, like, I think I want to, like, no. You know what I mean? Time, I, I came like, back out. Someone stopped like, Oh, I'm a comic. And they're like, Oh, they didn't, and they didn't even question it. I was like, I'm a comedian. I'm just going to go. But for a while, for a brief <laughs> period, like for the longest time that you could do that and it was totally fine. And then for a minute it was like, you couldn't even. I was like, "Yo, like I have a show here. Like, kind of go hang out." And they're like, "No." I'm like, no. "What?" What? Like oh there was like God. ropes and shit, and I'm like, "Okay, this is ridiculous." And like, it was uh, a little crazy. And then when Emily LaFord took over as Booker, I was like, "Okay, now this is gonna be great again." Because Emily LaFord was the Booker of the Hollywood Improv for a long time during those years, like the Josh Homme show, 2011, 2012, where you were at. That didn't meet you, but we yeah. were both serendipitously at. Um, yeah, the uh Well, during that time I know I saw you uh perform I mean, I don't know which shows, but I was going there two, three times a month at least, you know. Oh yeah, you probably saw me on you definitely saw me on one of Skylar shows then at one point for sure. Yeah. What other That's shows Because I know I saw you at the improv. Oh yeah, I mean I do Skylar shows, I had my own show, um I would do uh Jeff's show. I mean there's a handful, I forget which ones, who ran which, but um I know Jeff Baldinger had a good show for a long time. Tammy Joe would do hers. Uh, yeah. And then... Um, what's his name? The dude from the league. Oh, um, uh, Steve Ren is easy? No, no, no. I saw him at the store a few times. But the other dude. Um, dang it, what is his name? He has a gap in his teeth. He's bald. Oh, oh uh, fuck. Paul Shear. Paul Shear, yeah. He was there at the improv a bunch. Yeah, yep. And he would hang out at UCB a lot. He, him and Rob Hubel had their own show at UCB. Oh, but I, didn't, I didn't hang out on UCB too much for, like, comics. I mean, there was some good, but it's, like, I'm more of the Bill Burr comedy, like, group than, like, the... Oh, uh, uh, Davidoff was that era, too. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's back on the East Coast now, I think. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he was there one night. It was just, there was, like, four people, and I was like, there's Dov Davidoff. Dude, exactly. The, the, uh, <laughs> Crazy you say that. I just saw Dove in New York. That's why I knew that. I saw him in April at Gotham. Again, he was another one of the guys I ran into in Gotham. And I was like, oh, shit. Dude, he looks like Macklemore. He does. <laughs> he really oh, does. We're talking about 10 years ago, reminiscing. But, yeah, I remember. Because if you went to the store from 1030 on, on a weeknight, I mean, if you like comedy, like, you could just, you could just meet so many that's comics. what I'm saying. You can, like be friends with like so many people. Like, I would joke for the longest time. Where I'm like, I'm at that part of my career where like, if you come to one of my shows, I'll just be your friend. Like, I'll just yeah. I have no one to hang out with. Like, I'll just be your. Right. If you come yeah, to my yeah. shows consistently, you're just my friend now. You're not even my so, fan. Way more <laughs> people hanging out at the improv though than the store. What was that? There was way more people hanging out at the improv than the store though. Oh yeah, now it's kind of flipped around. You know, the comedy really? store kind of took. Yeah, yeah, like. It's kind of crazy. Like, I went and popped in the improv a couple of times. Like, the shows were packed. Like, the shows were good. But there was no one hanging out at the bar. Like, I, I thought it was like, oh, are you guys closing tonight? Like, are you guys done? 
and then like a packed show let out, and I was like, wait, there was a show going on. You could like if I like, could drop like, a, like a, a pin in here. If people go to other stuff, like. I, it was just very weird. Like, it's just, there weren't the comics weren't hanging out like they used to. There's no comics hanging out. I was there with a girl. I I went to dinner with a girl and then like took her to the improv afterwards. And we were just I was like, let's hang in the bar and hang out. And like, my friend Jay Chris or Chris Newberg was on the show, and so I was like, I'm not gonna see his set because I'll I'll show up late, but I'll at least like say hey to him on the way out, you know. And so mm-hmm. and we'll have a drink. So that's what we did. But I was just like, man, this is fucking busted down here. And so I was like, this is super lame. And I I didn't realize I was like. Versus the comedy store, like comedy was popping, you know, and yeah, I had a lot of fun going there. I went there quite a bit when I was there in March, um, and that was great because I would just like hang out, pop in, watch shows. Like I would just like kick it in that hallway, and like they got really, yeah. they don't really let anyone hang out in that hallway anymore, which is kind of nice. But when I was sitting there talking to like Emily and Dean and Whitney Cummings, they're like, "Yeah, we're not gonna, like, yeah, don't don't kick me out. I'm talking to like people that run the place." Yeah. You know, um, at the improv too, we'd see Craig Robinson, Nick Swartzen. That was really cool. Oh, dude, I loved Nick. I, I was gonna go drinking with Craig Robinson after a show in New York. I was just too tired. He was another one. He came in well, and yeah, got He bumped you. Yeah, he bumped me one night, and then the other night I was just, he was up. I was he was already on stage closing out, and yeah. Chris Milhouse texted me, and I, my hotel was only like, and it wasn't my hotel. It was when I was renting a when I just had rented a place for a couple weeks or whatever. I was like 10 blocks away and I was like, shit, I can be there in 20 minutes. And he was like, perfect. Craig just got on stage and he, <laughs> Craig just was just trying to walk people. He was hammered. He stayed on stage for like an hour and a half and then was like, we're going next door and getting drunk. And I was like, yeah, I'm tired. I'm going home. But he likes uh, to go hard. Nick goes hard. Nick goes super hard. He can't anymore. Nick can't drink like he used to. Not that I mean, he can. He just medically cannot. He'll die. He can't do it anymore. Well, I had seen some Reno 911, but I, I hadn't seen um, uh, Deuce Bigelow. I hadn't seen that yet. And so he walked right up to me, and he's like, hi, I'm Nick. I was standing by the bar. There's, like, you know, almost nobody there. And I was like, hey. I was like, I, I think I recognize you. I was like, what are you up to? And he's like, Nick Swartzen Playtime on Comedy Central and something. Yeah, something. his sketch like, show. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right. Well, he was super nice. And then I went back like three days later, and he was just smoking outside. And he was yeah, like, man. Hey, he used to hang out at the improv all the time. He was, a, time. he was a, yeah, he would hang out there a lot. And he never really he went to the there. store. He was not a store guy. He was improv nah. through and through. He never went he to the there store. for Owen Benjamin's birthday, because I was going to Owen's shows all the time mm. when he was fat, like way before Sullivan and Son. That, oh, I remember that. I remember, I remember all the phases of Owen. And yeah, yeah. talk about a guy that used to crush. And like... Dude, but, yeah. fucking deep end. but like him and yeah, Nick. Well, when it was allegedly, it they had the thing. Before, like I was gonna say, before Owen went off the deep end, when he, when he kind of was like, "I'm gonna go crush," his jokes didn't weren't as funny anymore because he was like, just too. I don't know. I was like, dude, your comedy is not. I don't know. He he was kind of like, "I've made it" or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, he I he was. Going. He's crazy, and, and and I've never, I've rarely seen people more full of themselves. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but allegedly him and Nick had a thing, because, you know, Nick's gay, but, like, I don't think Owen is, but people, had, there was rumors for years that he was, and he was doing shit, but, like, looking See, back. The, the, that, <clears throat> my So I'm sitting there with my wife at the bar, and my wife goes to the bathroom, and then he beelines to me. 
Who, Nick? And Nick, yeah. But yeah, Nick's gay. Yeah, fucking... I mean, I'm not saying he hit on me. You know, maybe he did. I don't know. But, um, and then I told my wife, I go, this just happened. She's like, well, he's gay. And I was like, no. And he would like, be like, <laughs> I mean, Nick would be like pretty talkative with like, you know, you know, younger dudes for sure, you know, and like yeah. fit the profile of what he would probably talk to back then. That's why yeah. I say that. And they would never, I'm not saying he was like a fucking creep. He's not inappropriate. No, he no, would no. Just, yeah. He would just shoot a shot or like not even shoot a shot. He would just try to talk yeah, to you. He's friendly um, as fuck with everyone there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so but like. I, I've always gotten hit on by. Bye, guys. But it's like the it's but it's like you know people make comments about like I've heard over the years from different comics like accuse Owen of like doing stuff with Nick or being gay. It's like whatever. I don't think who knows. But like looking back, I'm like that could be true. But at the same time, it's like yo, I've hung out with Nick and people like Anthony Clark just as much or more than Owen Benjamin did. And I can tell you right now, I've never done anything gay with those dudes. Trust me, it would help my career if I have. Like, mm-hmm. like I just have it. Like they're just their homies. Like they're just they're fun people. Uh, yeah, they're cool as hell. Yeah, it's whatever. They're and so um, I can see where that rumor can get started. And I'm not saying, hey, who knows? Who gives a shit? But that was always a rumor. Like, oh, that's why they're always hanging out. They're hooking up. And it's like I don't know about that. But I could yeah. maybe see that. Like Nick probably could be attracted to someone like Owen. And Owen's like, oh, this guy's a famous comic. I'm gonna hang out with him because I've done that. <laughs> yeah, dude. Who wouldn't oh, want to yeah. hang out with Nick Swartz? Of course you would. Not about if you want to. I love. I love Crystalia. I'm. I'm like <laughs> I'm the only one I want to like. Be like, dude, you're you're funny. You've you've gotten me through some hard shit, and like, I just want you to know, like, your shit. You're legit. You know. Um, yeah, man. He's awesome. That's what. That's it. That's all I want to do. And so. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, you know, and like I said, in two thousand. 10, 11, 12, 13, all this time, he was there at the store, and I didn't say shit. But also, dude, I was so young, and he was still new, and his personal life wasn't on Main Street at all at the time. Um, no. So it's a different era now. And I just, like, during COVID, when he got canceled, um, it was it was hard for me. Not, I mean, if someone you love gets canceled, it, it sucks, but it, it happens. But I... I missed his comedy because when COVID started, um, I would like look forward to his, his podcast. And when it stopped, dude, it like really affected me. Um, yeah. you know, it just really, no, like, I, I got depressed in COVID and it just fucking sucked. And yeah, I dove into like options in the stock market and that, you know, really empowered me. But, um, having that hour per week taken away from me, was like, yeah, it was man. fucking difficult, dude. And when he came back, dude, I felt so renewed. It was like springtime flowers and hummingbirds. I was like, <laughs> this is back. So, yeah, and I think you know, even all that shit happened. It's just like, look, man, you know, it's like I've talked about with a bunch of people. It's like Chris was just hooking up. He just was hooking up with a lot of people, and uh, I don't think he was grooming anybody. I don't think he was doing anything like, yeah, I'm sure when he was casting his net that he occasionally sent messages to someone who was underage, but he never acted upon it. He never was like, he was like, oh, my bad. Sorry. You were I, I was his stature, you know, and I was, I'm flying into uh, Philadelphia or Fort Lauderdale or whatever, and you have 
these groupies, I would, I'm like, I would be hitting them up. I'd be like, hey, you're coming to the show, right? I mean. Exactly. I don't know. If you're a rock star, you're leaving that life. And if he was as clean as he said um, with, you know, drugs and shit, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, there to, to drink and do blow. So. No, he never did drugs or drink. He's not, he doesn't do either. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So like, um, and also when the shit was released, not to get too much into it, but when shit was released, it's like, these are the messages. And he's like, are you in high school? Yeah. And then the messages stopped. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. And, and like, dude, like, I'm going to be 18 in two years. She's like, look, two years later, he messaged me. And I'm like, okay. I mean, what's, he, what's the problem? You're 18? I don't, I'm not saying he didn't like, you know, maybe cross lines here and there. And, you know, I'm not like a detective as far as combing through. He didn't do shit. anything illegal. That's the thing. I'm right, like, yeah, look, yeah, man, yeah. that's, he didn't do anything to break the law. Like, and I kept saying, like, if you want to call him a dirtbag or this or that, yeah, you can do that. You can go ahead and you have every right to do that. You're allowed to do that. But you don't get to throw him in jail and take his money because you think, because he fucked too many women. That's like, it's like, dude, it's like we talk about with trading. When people, when you make money, people try to like come at you because they, they're just mad that you're living a life they want. They find ways to poke holes in it one way or the other, you know? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> speaking yeah. of, you're not, you're not recording this that you're in your classroom, are you? So it's like, you know, like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Because memory homeboy got all pissed. And so it's like, um, you know, your principal, you want up? we good? Yeah, I don't know what the hell happened. I'm going to try to splice these together. Cause I'm gonna, All right. It's just like, I've never had it like do that where it just cut off on me. I don't know what happened. It's I blame software. Um, <laughs> well, check out that rainbow thing. I don't know if that's better. Maybe you can. Yeah, I need to also, I think I'm just going to get Zoom premium, but I just don't know who wants to do video and who doesn't. So, uh, but why are you saying Zoom premium instead of rainbow? Well, isn't like I just feel like I haven't looked at Rainbow yet. I just looked at Zoom Premium so far to be honest no, with you. Uh, Rainbow, you can splice it and like he had his camera up. We could have had shit. I don't think that's true. That's true. Well, WT fuck. I'll uh, investigate that and we'll we'll do that. <laughs> but in yeah. the meantime, we'll have to try to fucking put these episodes together um i think there's a way i can pull the audio and just probably put them we'll see if not then i'll figure something out <laughs> but... so, um yeah chris's shit i agree um john christ as well like i'm like yeah he's great ma- i'm not what does it matter but i'm like well he wasn't the one married i mean no yeah it's like it's just a, it's, sometimes you see it and you're just like man what's it really about like are you just mad this person's like successful or are you just like because right. some of these things are like you just see them and you're like, damn, dude. Like I've known like plenty of people who have done certain things like this, and and it's like I don't think they're a horrible person. I'm like, yeah, I don't say I would, I don't like I would date them necessarily, but you know, yeah, yeah. the worst uh, was Aziz Ansari. That was hilarious. I was like, yeah, man, Aziz just like didn't get laid one. He had a bad date. Who cares? Like Aziz, make fun of Aziz for other reasons. I know, and he he got a blowjob. She's all, I went down on him. I was like, what the f- Okay. Yeah. Everything you just said is like first date normal. I'm not saying you have to go down on someone on a first date, but <laughs> I ended up going down on him and then I left and he was very respectful. I was like, okay, he sounds like a great fucking dude. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> God, that's so funny. It's like, uh, 
every like Tom Rhodes would tell the story about Louis Anderson for a long time, where like how Louis hit on him. And he would tell this story, and like every woman that hears that story is like, "Oh, so it sounds like like Louis like just took shot a shot, and like you turned him down, and he like made sure you got home safely." It sounds sounds terrible. Exactly. The fucker bought me an Uber. Uh, <laughs> he basically, I think he bought him a cab. Is like here, see ya. Like right, you know. And so it's like, all right, what's the problem? <laughs> so, um, and I think, but you gotta think like I I would imagine like a bunch of women. Or I guess guys too, you know, depending on the case. Or just people were just going through like any celebrity that hooked up with anyone in the last like twenty years. I'm sure at the height of me too, every person that hooked up with them was like trying to think like, is there a way I could like get some money? Like, did they were they ever mean to me at a lunch after we like yeah. hooked up that I could like and that's that's what the Aziz and Sorry story feels like to me, where it's like it sounds like some girl was like Ooh, maybe I can make this out. Of, maybe I can make maybe maybe this is something, mm-hmm. you know. Like maybe I yeah. can get a you know a, a settlement here or something. And it's like, I get it. I did background on funny people, and oh, yeah. uh, it was Aziz and Aubrey Plaza. That was her first like role ever, and they both did like at least thirty minutes each of stand up. And Judd Apatow was was there, and he was like, "I'm gonna cut." And probably use one joke, but they're gonna, you know, keep going while we're filming. Okay, they both had really funny shit, um, and Aziz was hilarious. And none of the funny shit he said was in the movie. Yeah, of course. He was funny around town. Like I only saw him a couple times. He's like an East Coast comic. As I could be wrong about that, but I only saw him a couple times. Um, no, he was a New York guy. Yeah, he's from South Carolina, but he started okay. in New York. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably why I didn't see it very much. And then um, his specials, like, I think he's funny as hell. Like, he did all that Randy stuff on Funny People. And I go, that I was, was a great to character. Like, you got to see this guy. Is he Zanzari? This is before any of the shit he was in. And then his shit was, like, not funny. He's funny on Parks and Rec. Like, he's funny as hell. I, I, I do think he's funny. But his stand-up, to me, was not funny. And his specials, like, I was like, dang, he's not like he he's just not funny you know and it's really mm-hmm. hard to 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 do a funny special because of the format it's not live and all that so mm-hmm. i i give that to him you know but um and then i am like i was like okay if i'm in new york and i and matt he had a madison square garden show that went on netflix i wouldn't have paid 50 80 bucks to see him because of what i just said wait when i his shit wasn't whatever not my cup of tea too much i think he's funny but whatever and then his newest one that's on Netflix, it's like, it's, he's like sitting down in it. Dude, it's brilliant. I've heard it's good. I need to check that out. It's so good. And it's short. Um, and I was like, I, I, I wanted to be like, like I just said, well, the last shit I saw wasn't funny. And he's, you know, whatever. And Parks and Rec, he's funny, but not da da da. And this was funny start to finish, dude. It was really brilliant. Like, it also was Thinker. Like, I'm a big Calvin and Hobbes fan. You're not like yeah. tackling while you're reading that. You're just like, oh, that's poignant. You know, it's oh, that's funny. But you're not like laughing, you know. Yeah. So there's a lot of that. Um, like just, you know, it makes you think kind of kind of lines. But he's mm-hmm. so so, you know, funny people was what, oh, nine or something like that. Eleven. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Which is the worst movie ever made, probably. And so he deserves to after 10 years later, me revisit him and say, oh, shit. You know, he's he's funny now or he's whatever. So they right. evolve too, you know, and maybe I evolve 
39 year old me versus 27 year old me or whatever so right yeah exactly yeah dude so come out here we'll uh we'll hit the whatever we'll hit the store for sure dude 100 percent um i like yeah i just say we hit the improv and the store but i feel like i like the store now more it's like just because it's like i don't see i see more the regular people i used to see at this store now than than the improv like even just from like the staffing standpoint. So, um, well, I, I always hit the improv because, um, I had free parking spots. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, the neighborhood. Fred Siegel. Yeah. Or Fred Siegel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was oh, like yeah. a burden across the street too. The snowboarding place. Snowboard. Yes. Company. Oh, I know that place. Well, and in the store. No, yeah. <laughs> Remember at the store, the comics couldn't do the whole, oh, they're leaving early. They couldn't do those jokes because people are like, I'm just putting money in the meter. And then they'd walk on back. Mm. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I know I'm not funny, but you don't have to leave. Like, it's like, to me, it's like the good comics will kind of just let that all fizzle out. Like, just, especially the story, you kind of have to just get up there and like let let the room shift. For 30 seconds and then get into your set. Yeah. Like, just let people filter out, go to the bathroom, come back, go to their meters, whatever. Like, exactly. let them do all that shit. <clears throat> and then 30, 45 seconds in, then start. Like, just shoot the shit for a good 30 seconds or a minute. Right. I agree. I hope Sebastian's there when we go. He's probably too big now to really. He'll still pop in, though. Dude, what an icon he's become. Which is crazy because I remember seeing him like all over the time, all over before before he got yeah. this bit. Well, you know? yeah, in in his book he talks about the Ice House. He uh, he wrote them and gave them like some reels, and they they basically said no, and he like framed it and put it up like as motivation or something like that. <laughs> and uh, then he's like, you know, four years later, whatever it was, he's like, I ended up I ended up selling out the whole weekend. And I have a picture with that weekend Um, just because, you know, I'm in Riverside. Pasadena is way closer. I was like, I'm going to Pasadena. It's closer. Yeah. And then he went to that Ontario Improv a few times. I saw him there, of course. If I was uh, him, he's a nicer guy than me. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done, I would have never done the ice house. I'd have been like, I'll do the Ontario Improv instead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I'm like, no, you said no, and I'm gonna stick with that. <laughs> he, I, th- he was just like, I get to, you know, put my headlining poster above that letter, kind of stamp it out. Yeah, think, yeah, big thing. That's true. It's kind of uh, like, <clears throat> like Jerry Seinfeld never really went to the comedy store because I think he was kind of like Mitzi wasn't really. I think I remember hearing this like Mitzi wasn't really big on him, and he was kind of like, well, I don't really need you. Yeah, and. He went. Oh man! Before COVID, um, it was like right before COVID, and Sebastian introduced him as a drop-in, and he's like, "I haven't been here since 1978 or something like that." That was really yep. cool. I don't know if you saw that, but yeah, when he was kind of starting the rounds again of comedy or whatever—not starting, but you know, comedians and cars was really popping off, and so yep, he was doing the sets again. Two other like, comics that are so funny, like had me in stitches, 
David Allen Greer at the Ontario at the Irvine Improv. So yeah. funny, dude. And Harlan Williams. Love Harlan. So, dude, those two guys are I mean, they could they could ask for extra orange juice and it's just funny how they say it, how they Dude, Harlan Williams is like I've seen David Allen Greer a few times, but I've seen Harlan a lot more. Um dude, that guy's crazy. He's like I always say he's truly the only comic or one of the only comics that like writes his material on stage. Like <laughs> well we'll just actually just wing it and just go into a bit. I just say random shit and you're just like, holy hell. Like he's hilarious. Um he was at the improv a lot too. I never saw that's him. That's why I would always see him, yeah. He did yeah. my shows a lot. I'd see him there a lot. Um he was actually just in Michigan recently. Um across the street from a bar that I used to do like a weekly show at that I'll go hang out at. And I stopped over and saw him. Hmm. And um he crushed, got a standing ovation, of course. Yeah, he's killer. And like I'm also a huge fan of Rocket Man. That movie's brilliant. <laughs> Is he in that? Rocket Man? Dude, yeah, that movie's amazing. I haven't seen it. He's like it's an old stupid Disney I don't know if it's Disney. Which is an old stupid movie, but like Harlan's the star of it. It's such a silly, hilarious movie. Wait, a Disney movie? I thought you were talking about the Elton John biopic. No, no, no. This it's a bullshit movie, Rocket Man, that was uh Harlan Williams was in it. It was he was the star of it. Oh. Wow. It was like one of the movies he did back in his time. Like his reign. That's hilarious. Boom. So good. We got to make money in the morning so we can, we do. Uh, you know, get some Mel's Diner after we uh, go to the store next time. Exactly. Mel's Diner with the extra milkshake in the sidecar. Ooh. The little, like, I'm... metal cup they give you with the extra. You're like, yep, thank you. I'll take that. Yeah, nothing hits like that. 2.30 a.m. Oreo shake, dude. Fuck, dude. Or like, I'd go to Fat Burger, but in the one in Sherman Oaks, because I used to live right there. But Fat Burger late at night was a spot too. I'd get like the shakes, and it's like terrible for you, but ah, so beautiful. We'll do a we'll do a podcast from like, um, the improv or the store or something on the patio. We'll just we'll at least get like twenty minutes in. That'd be sweet. <laughs> and then just badger people and be like, "Hey, our next guest is this guy." Phone off. Oh, I actually done a podcast on the patio of the comedy store. Not yeah. mine. I did one. It was um, a comedian, Big Irish Jay, in LA. Mm. He had a podcast, and we did it on the patio one time. Yeah, we'll definitely do like a Wednesday, Thursday night or something, and then I'll drive my ass home. I'm not. Hell yeah, man! And we gotta try to do the mission in. Oh, we're doing that. Yep, because then we can do uh, poolside chats, <laughs> poolside, uh, poolside uh, podcast. Yes, sir. We'll do it, brother. All right, we'll uh, we'll trade in the morning, and we'll make money as usual. Hell yeah, bro. Sounds good. I'll see you there. All right, late. All right, man. Later.